Well, hello and welcome to episode 39 of The Red Mile. Uh, my name is Nathan Woolridge, and I'm sitting here with my co-host Cameron Woolridge, my brother, my partner in crime. And we haven't done an episode in a really long time, so we have a lot to unpack here. So I'm not going to take up too much time setting this up because we really need to get into a lot of uh, a lot of the nitty gritty stuff. But um, you know, a lot happened in this off season. Depending on who you ask, maybe some people say a lot happened. Maybe some some people will say not enough happened. Um, but regardless, I think there was a lot of moving pieces, a lot of things up in the air, a lot of concerns, a lot of additions. Um, there were RFA signings, you know, um, there was an expansion draft that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. Um, a team coming into, into our division. So that that's pretty noteworthy. Um, so there's a lot talking, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you kind of talk a little bit of, uh, overall introduction and then we can kind of, kind of get right into it. Yeah, it's been a, a long off season, uh, even longer for us. We're a little late to the party right now, but we've had a lot going on um, personally. So it's uh, it's good to be back for another season. Um, super excited for hockey to be back. Just the whole summer is just brutal, just waiting for something to come on. Uh, and yep. then it seems like everything in the world starts at the same time in the fall. So um, it's it's good to be back and and we got a lot to cover here. Um, I think <laughs> I think the most notable thing is uh, we lost our our captain over the off season, so I think we should uh, address that really quick and and uh, give our thoughts on it. Yeah, I think you know first and foremost, I think just a huge uh, a huge shout out to Giordano. I mean, this is not. Uh, this is not someone I don't think that anyone in the entire fan base has any negative thoughts or, or any type of thing. I mean, he was probably one of the m- most greatest guys to ever play hockey in terms of just being a, a good guy. I mean, just think about the the awards that he's won that demonstrate how, how great of a guy he is. Um, but also, you know, this is a guy who was with the the flames kind of in the mid to late two thousands played basically all the way through the the 2010s. So this is a, you don't often, I don't think get a generational talent like that. And for someone who is undrafted, you know, is kind of nearing a thousand NHL games in the next little bit. Um, Most of them with Calgary, except for, I believe just one that he's played with Seattle so far uh, in the regular season. Um, but he was just a community leader. He was our captain for a really, really long time, but just a part of this team for a really long time. So I think a lot of us were really sad to see him go. Um, you know, we've met him maybe a couple times. He's just like one of the greatest guys ever. And um, to fill again the shoes, especially as captain, that's a that's a tough thing to follow up. And I think he did a, a fairly good job. And he was obviously like really well liked by his teammates and by the organization, like just a highly regarded guy. So I'm not surprised at all that he was recently named a captain, the first ever captain of the Seattle Kraken. That's just who he is, right? There wasn't anyone else on that team that, that fit that role because he's done it for so long and he's been so good at it. So um, 
just maybe give some of your thoughts on Giordano as a player, as a person, and just kind of what your thoughts are about about the departure. Yeah, it's super sad to see him go, a guy that went undrafted and then ended up winning a Norris Trophy. That's, you know, that's Hollywood type of stuff right there. Um, and just a great guy. It, it uh, he's, he's a hard worker. He deserves everything that's coming to him. Um, I'm happy that they named him captain. It just makes sense, like you said. Um, you know, and, and recently... Lucic just said that he was the greatest captain that he's ever had in his career. And he's wow. had, he's had some pretty good ones, uh, you know, and, and he was on that Boston team with Chara that won the cup and, and yeah, Gio's his guy. So it's pretty cool to, to hear that. And I'm pretty proud to, to say that he was our captain for so long and, and really came up as a Calgary flame because we took a gamble on him when nobody else would. And now here he is, uh, an NHL superstar. So um super happy to, to see him continue on. Sad to see him go, but um, that's the way it is. I wish he was going to a different uh, conference and division, but I guess uh, we'll be seeing quite a bit of him and we'll uh, see how that goes for us. <laughs> it's, typically does not go the flames way when they they let someone go it usually bites them in the butt but we'll see yeah so. <laughs> we saw it we saw it bite us in the butt a little bit in the preseason with him uh <laughs> scoring on us already um so i guess technically his uh i don't even have this in our notes i think i just noticed off the top of my head but his official return to calc in the regular season is december 23rd 24th somewhere around there it's quite late in the season which is pretty surprising with them being in the same division but um uh you know the flame said that they plan to do uh a little bit of a in-game thing for him so i think that's going to be super special obviously like i said he was captain here for such a long time you mentioned norris trophy winner just a few years ago um that's a guy who got better with age you know what i mean like uh he just got better and better um so now that we've talked about you know as fans like we're huge fans of geo and you know we don't really have a lot of bad things to say about him but i don't think we could get through this conversation with talking about a little bit of the i i can't think of another word but controversial part of the whole thing so i think there are some people who are a little bit sour still um that the flames did give up their captain probably didn't help uh to see what they replaced him with on the blue line and we'll get into that a little bit later obviously um but what are your thoughts you know was this something that you think that the flames kind of had to do do you think it had to do with maybe a little bit of a decline in his game in the season prior um or do you just think it was just a natural thing like there wasn't really a lot of roster to do this with in the expansion draft just kind of what are your thoughts on that that whole situation yeah, for sure. I think it all came down to cap space. That was the number one thing. Um, as an older player, um, getting close to free agency, it just made sense to get that cap off the books. Um, and, you know, if you were going to put them up there, it was pretty much guaranteed that that's who Seattle was going to take, right? Yeah. So I think it just made the most sense. There's a lot of guys here with, promising futures 
that you don't want to see go. Um, so I think it just came down to age, a little bit of decline since the Norris Trophy, and and trying to save some of that money to do something else. What we spent that money on, um, that's a whole another story. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, we had to we well, had to get that money somewhere, and and that's just what it came down to. Yeah, I think you're right. Like I think a lot of people said like the Flames didn't get anything in return for someone who won a Norris Trophy. Uh, just you know, just a couple of years ago in 2019. Um, but I think in a way, you know, what were what what would you have been able to get for a little bit of an older player um, on the market? Uh, I'm sure a team would have taken him and would have traded for him. It just probably wouldn't have been a lot. So you know, yeah, necessarily they didn't get anything in return. But like you pointed out, they did gain that little bit of a cap space. What they did with it. Like you said, that's a whole other conversation. At the time, it seemed like, okay, you know, that's a decent uh, decent chunk of change that the Flames didn't really have to do anything to offload that. And, and um, you know, they didn't have to buy him out. They didn't have to do anything like that. So um, at the time, it seemed like, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty smart decision in that business sense. Um, it's uh but i i'm sure it was incredibly hard to do and i think if i remember correctly there was a lot of quotes from Treliving that it was pretty pretty hard decision um something that the flames didn't take lightly so um i think with these things it's always a mixed bag right like they did get rid of their captain a guy who's been so dedicated to this team um but eventually i think like all things you got to move on you know the flames did it with um with Jerome McGinley, uh, who went on to play for multiple teams after. So um, if the Flames can do it with Aginla, they they really can do it with anybody, right? So um, I think that's also part of the business is respecting, acknowledging the time that a player gives you, but also understanding that, um, that it is a business, right? And eventually... You just got to move on, right? Boston just did it with Chara as well, um, just last year, and so it it, hap- it happens to the best, you know. <laughs> Heck, the the Oilers even did it with uh, with um, Wayne Gretzky. So it's uh, it comes to a point where you know the player is either going to retire or they got to be willing to go to another team. So um, I think the expansion draft was just the easiest way for the Flames to do that. Um, without making it super complicated for them. I don't know if that you think that's a fair assessment, but <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and I think, uh, I think possibly he could be headed elsewhere too. Like, I mean, if it all comes down to if Seattle's in a good position to make the playoffs at the trade deadline, he's probably going to stay there, probably get an extension. Um, if not, they got to trade him because I think, yeah, it's like one more year left on his contract this year. So get him get him out while you still can, get something for him, and he'd be a good pickup for a team at the deadline. So I think that's kind of what sits with uh, Seattle and, and Giordano going forward. Hey, he, he's captain now, so he's, uh, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We could see. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it all comes down to where they're sitting. I do think in the specific 
division that they will be in a playoff spot at that point. They seem to be a pretty decent team. Um, so I I don't see him going anywhere. You'll probably get an extension out of it, especially with being captain. And if they're in a playoff spot, then it just makes sense. But yeah. um, it's the NHL. You never know. Yeah. Um, maybe just uh, we'll just have a brief question and conversation about this before moving on to a little bit of what happened in the offseason for the Flames uh, and a little bit of the preseason action. But, um, you know, this it, this is a kind of a natural progression, but this is a team that's that is in our division. I said, like I said, we don't host them until a little bit later. We probably see them uh, in Seattle uh for a couple of away games uh, before then but um you know um overall what do you think of the new team uh it seems like you know the flames have had a couple a uh, couple new teams now in the west that they've had to face in the last few years do you think this the the kraken are going to find the same success that the golden knights have had in their early inception or do you think that this could be a little bit of a different situation? Because I remember when Vegas came in, you know, a lot of us said that that's an easy, that's an easy, that's an easy points uh, every time you play them. It's not been like that, right? The, <laughs> the Knights have been easily one of the, well, probably the best, you know, Western team pretty much since they've entered the league. And um, they've come close to a couple cups closer than uh, a lot of us have in a really long time, especially the Canadian teams out West. Um, so do you think, you know, we're looking at something similar or are we kind of looking at a middle of the pack type of team here? Yeah, it's hard because, because uh, we were big doubters on those pesky uh, Vegas golden Knights, but I do think they're going to be a solid contender. Um, they're going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, I don't think they're going to go as far. They might get out of the first round. Probably not, though. Um, they are a good, solid team. They got some good pickups. Um, you know, Geo Eberly is going to be good for them. Um, I like I like Brandon Tanev. Um, yeah. It's a pretty solid, solid team. They got good goaltending. They went out and got... Uh, Two good goaltenders. Every night they're going to have a good guy in net as long as those two guys are still healthy. Um, and then, yeah, it, it kind of comes down to how I think they're going to be the rest of the regular season. I think they're going to be a rival with the Flames. Um, yeah. Mostly because the the rivals picked out for them is Vancouver because of the how close in proximity they are. Right. And the Golden Knights because they're both expansion teams within a short period yeah. of time. I think the but Flames uh, have a pretty easy time of making enemies out of basically everybody. Ex- exactly, <laughs> the Flames can get under your skin. Um, it's gonna take take one Kachuk incident and and rock the <laughs> runnings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's kind of too bad that we don't have them in Calgary sooner. It'd be nice to have them in, in the sea of red and just bear down on top of them, kind of get that planted in their head that this is not an easy place to play, which is something I want to talk about later. I want that to be very important this season is hard to play in the saddle dome. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there's definitely a potential for a rivalry here. Um, 
because that's just what the Flames tend to do. Yeah, some of that gritty Daryl Sutter hockey. Um, there was a quote from Giordano that I think goes along with what you're getting at there. And he kind of said like that this Kraken team, what they have is that every night one guy is going to be playing against his former team. Right. And so that's what I love about hockey, right. Is that, that willingness to win and that, uh, people can get pretty, pretty competitive that way and I, I actually really like that quote for a lot of reasons I think that's super exciting whether they do it or not I just love hearing stuff like that from players like it kind of gets you super jazzed super excited so um yeah I I think that's so true like they do have a lot to prove um I think even maybe more to prove than the Golden Knights because the Golden Knights paved this perfect path and um if they don't have the same success there's going to be a lot on them in that sense so um it's going to be interesting i'm excited to see like you were saying how the flames match up against them and how they figure out how to how to get in their skin because when you think about everyone in this division you know the flames are easily probably one of the most hated teams uh you know by canucks fans by ducks fans by oilers fans like the the list can go on right um so uh like you I'm I'm excited to see where where that heads. Yep, for sure. Um, so I guess moving on from the Kraken and Geo, I think we should address our blue line now. It's an easy transition from losing <laughs> Mark Giordano to what is our blue line now? Yeah. So the guys that are still here, our boy Rasmus Anderson. The man who has a lot to prove this year because he had a good year last year, Noah Hannafin. Totally. Um, Oliver Shillington, who had a great camp and is looking to play a lot more games than he did last year. Michael Stone returns. and The prodigal the, son. <laughs> the, uh, the big dog who really has to fill Gio's shoes, Christopher Tanev. Yeah. And Yuso Valamaki. So that's that's what's left. And then the most notable <laughs> additions. <laughs> I finger quotes. <laughs> biggest additions. Uh Nikita Zadorov and Eric Goodbranson. Does the big bodies fill the big hole on our blue line? That is the question. Well, okay. I'm going to say this off the top. Uh, and I know I rant a lot, so I'm going to try not to rant too much here. When when I look at, um, like you were saying, the list of what's left, okay? So, you know, I think it's wrong to say that there's not a hole. Like, Giordano has definitely left a hole because that's a guy who ate up a lot of minutes. And for majority of the time, it's just a conf- consistent defenseman and hardly made any mistakes you know maybe a little bit more in his last season but um overall you know that's just a guy who showed up for your team you know and and you didn't notice him making a lot of mistakes because it it happened very seldom so I think there is a hole now I think you're right Tanev came in last last uh, uh, last little bit and he you know had a healthy season, which is critical. 
and played really, really well. So I think that's kind of the the Geo replacement there uh, in that sense. And it's also a guy who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He kind of elevates a lot of, of these younger defensemen's game. And we saw that last season with Noah Hannafin, who had like a really incredible season, um, got injured at the end there, so hasn't played a lot in this preseason. But I think you're right. There's a lot of expectations for him. And I think he's going to meet them. I think, or, you know, I think he's going to excel uh, this year as well. I think he can only get better. Um, it just goes to show that that trade a few years ago with the Hurricanes is, is a huge payoff for the Flames. And so um, I think Hannafin's going to be great. So those are two solid guys. I think the conversation then goes to Anderson and Falamaki. Two guys who had a little bit of a shaky season last year. Balmaki's still very much like trying to find his way and figure some stuff out. He's really good. He's got good foundation. You know, he's definitely like on his way, but he hasn't gotten there as as quickly as we might have wanted, which I think is totally fine. Sometimes you have to put your expectations at a certain level. Uh, Anderson, you know, I felt like he did have a little bit of a rougher season last year. Um, but I think he's definitely probably in my top three or four as a bounce back candidate for this season. And not just because I'm just a huge Rasmus Anderson fan, but I think in the preseason overall, he did well. And I think, um, I think, uh, you know, there was a game against the Jets kind of near the end where, you know, he assisted on every single Flames goal in a Flames win. Um, you know, he played some pretty good offensive defense hockey and was trying some stuff out, which is preseason is great for that. So I think, you know, only time will tell, but I think he's going to have a bit of a, a better season. I think these also come down to who's going to be paired with, with for who. Um, so I'll let you take it over from here because I know you probably have a lot to say but so there's the conversation of if Shillington um should be playing uh in D core this year I think he's had a pretty solid preseason uh and he's gotten to play quite a bit which is surprising to a lot of fans who have seen him underutilized for a long time and um and then we have like you said a couple uh big in size uh additions um one thing i'll say before you take it is that you know zadarov and and um and good branson definitely i think were quite uh quite eyesores at the beginning of the preseason and then as the preseason went along things kind of flattened out a little bit and they didn't look completely terrible you know i thought they Started to at least it wasn't noticeable, which you know at the beginning there it actually was a little bit scary. Lots of penalties, lots of lots of misplays, a couple things like that. That's what preseason's all about. I know. Um, I'm still not sure if I'm entirely stoked about it, but at least they got a little bit better, and I'm hoping they can kind of figure things out as they go. And it's better if it's uh, if it happens quickly and. <laughs> Better, uh, I don't want to say better late than never because uh, I think the Flames need to come out flying right off the hop. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with uh, with Rasmus Anderson. You nailed 
uh, Hannafin and Tanev pretty well. And then uh, with Rasmus Anderson going back to that game where he had the three assists on the three Flames goals, he was commanding the power play. I would love to see him stay there. It's something me and you have talked about many, many times. Almost every time we're on the phone, we talk about Rasmus Anderson and the power play. It just always comes back to that because we think he's got the smarts to be able to be the lone defenseman. If it goes into your zone, he can take care of it. But in in the offensive zone, he has the hockey IQ to make the right passes. He's got a pretty decent shot, good for tipping. Uh, you get bodies in front, it's probably going to go in. Um, he's And, yeah, he's just a responsible, smart hockey player that had a not-so-great year last year. It wasn't terrible. Uh, it just wasn't as good as the year prior. Um, and I think, yeah, like you said, he's gonna have a he's gonna have a bounce back year this year, take on some more responsibility with Mark Giordano gone, and I think it's gonna be good for him. Um, yeah, he just seems to be at the right place at the right time most nights. All right, now that I got that out of the way, I'm gonna start with uh, I'm gonna start with Zadorov. We're gonna go there. Um, I haven't been disappointed. Um, left shot, six foot six, listed at 235 for weight. He's a big boy. Um, you know, he can, he can kind of, you know, he, he doesn't skate awful for a guy of his size. Um, I think that there's potential there. And he did progress over the preseason. I'm not completely sold on it. It's not my favorite move we've made. But it's definitely not my least favorite move we've made. Um, that's coming next. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think he's someone that Daryl Sutter can get to. Um, he kind of fits the mold. He's got the size. He's not untalented. Um, I think he just needs the right type of guidance and he can become yeah. a guy that fits well in our... Those guys are freaking our, tank. Yeah, exactly. I think if if you get him in the mindset that he's throwing the body around, he fits that um, he fits that idea that I have of the Flames running teams out of the building. I think that's the way we need to start going with this roster. And we grab some big guys that can do that. So it's just utilizing them properly, which is a problem that the Flames have had in the past with players is not using them properly, i.e. Sam Bennett, who is now a pretty pretty good fucking hockey player in Florida. But I digress. Um, I think I think Zidorov can become a solid piece of this lineup, and that's what I'm hoping for. I, it's like 50-50 if it's going to happen. That's just the only problem with it. And then our other big boy, a right shot, six foot five, two 222 pounds, Eric Goodbranson. A signing that made me go, what? Why? <laughs> and... Are you Not sure? Even, are you sure Calgary? <laughs> I was like, 
did that happen? Is that a fever dream? I don't know. Um, more like a nightmare. Uh, that first preseason game, he made me want to open my patio door and jump off, and I live on the third floor. Um, <laughs> don't I even think, brace for impact. He I think, too, awful. just a, yeah, I think just a side note, too. I think it was surprising, but I think in a sense, we had all joked about that this was kind of what we foresaw with the Daryl Sutter maybe influence over the management team. We joked about it for all of the off season, and when it came, I I still don't know why we were surprised. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like that scene in Anchorman when he's like, "I thought it was a joke. I thought you were joking." <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I felt. Um, and it's not even just that we signed good Branson is that we signed him for just under $2 million. That's a bit much. That's money that we could be spending elsewhere. Um, but here he is. um, And we will get to that later. That's been very spicy on the Twitters lately. Um, but yeah, it just isn't ideal. Um, I don't know what we were thinking. Um, make me eat my words, I guess. But Erica Branson is not something that I was um, expecting to happen this offseason, nor is it something that I wanted to happen. Um, but yeah, he is. He's a big guy. Um, he's. I don't know. I, I'm trying to be nice, but I can't. <laughs> he's he's done some decent things before. Hey, hey, I got it. He's got that veteran presence. Veteran presence. See, when, you're, when your social media team has to say that <laughs> when you sign a guy as his only selling point, there's a problem. We're talking about a guy that has 77 points in 563 NHL games. And he's a minus 102 with 640 penalty minutes. Let that a sink upside, in. A lot of upside. A lot of upside. But if there's a guy that can make it work, it's Daryl Sutter. So who knows? I might be shoving this up. You know what? In I, would love, I would love. I would love. To be I would love. With open arms i would accept that but i don't think it's happening yeah there's not a lot of times in your life where you want to be wrong but this is one of them for sure that's how i feel about the slames team year in and year out (laughs) let me be wrong let me be wrong (laughs) i want to be wrong (laughs) hey i think that they're gonna lose the season opener again i want to be wrong let me be wrong I'm not gonna be uh, wrong. I want to be. Wrong. Yeah, I want to be. Honestly, are we gonna celebrate like the Flames won the Stanley Cup if they can win, pull out a win on Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, it's it's kind of like what the Oilers fans do every preseason. So I don't see why not. Oh my god, I didn't watch the game the other night, but I did see on Twitter people being like, "Does Mike Smith realize that he didn't win the Stanley Cup? He just won the first game of the season." In a shootout because he let them tie it up on the softest goal I've seen in the last three years of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you know what? We're wasting too much time and energy talking about 
Mike Smith and the Oilers. We're moving on. But but well one 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 side note, James James Neal is <laughs> gone. James Neal. James Neal PTO league minimum, not a Man, big deal. We can unpack that some other time, but that's just uh <laughs> that's totally bizarre to me, you know, like things really things that really is... went downhill for him that is a slippery slope for that guy and we've got lucic who uh had some veteran present (laughs) veteran present (laughs) we literally got rid of a guy that had to go on a pto this year we like traded him for a guy that now people are talking about as a potential captain for the calgary flames so highs and highs and uh, lows and lows (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of, no. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about this preseason, and we can do a bit of an overview. A lot happened uh, in this preseason. I don't think there's a lot, anything else to talk about in the off season. There were obviously some uh, RFA's. I can run through that real quick. Just make sure we're covering some bases. But there was Dubé, Godden, Shillington, Valmacki, and Mackey. Obviously, all guys who signed. I think. All of them to pretty fair and and good deals. Dubé probably the most noteworthy of the group. Um, uh, you know that's a he's been a pretty solid you know third liner for the Flames. A uh, uh, really nice guy too. Um, I think he needs to elevate his game a little bit more this season. I think he's been like somewhat decent, getting a little better, getting a little better. You know. Nothing incredible, but I think he's got some stuff up his sleeves. I think he's a hard worker. Um, so, uh, and if I if I'm not mistaken, was he one of the highest rated players in the fitness testing? I believe so. So, um, hopefully, he gets put that put that to to action. Um, yeah, and and you know, Shillington and Valimaki, they're probably gonna be guys who are gonna be up. On the roster, Val Mackey for sure. Shillington, we'll probably talk about that a little bit later too. But you know, it's kind of a mixed bag for him. But I hope he gets some more minutes. But then Godden, you know, he's probably going to be a fourth line centerman with the Flames. That's kind of cool to see. And then Mackey, obviously, the Flames are pretty stacked for defensemen. But uh, I'm sure, depending on how the season goes, I'm sure we're going to get to see him in action as well. So um, those are uh, five pretty. Noteworthy uh, RFAs that uh, that uh, Tre Living secured over the off season, um, kind of figured right that <laughs> there wasn't really going to be anyone slipping through the cracks there, but uh, you never know. So um, I think that's basically it for the off season. Well, besides a couple things like some other signings like uh, Richie and Richardson and uh, getting Pitlick from the. Oh uh, my goodness! You are what? slipping. First of all, I can't believe you of all people glossed over how great Dylan Dubé's performance was in Ted Lasso. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's right. He was was phenomenal. Second of all, that's it for the all-season. We got what Blake Coleman. Oh, my God. And Dan Vladar, the two oh, I'm so sorry. biggest <laughs> things that happened okay, in the I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't have it in my notes. I got I got it in the, the conversation about uh, how preseason and stuff went. Obviously, I was going to bring it up. But you're right. The signing 
of Blake Coleman in and of itself is quite noteworthy. I'll quickly say, because I'll hand it off to you for this one, but because um, you so graciously pointed it out. Um, I think it's cool. It wasn't something I was expecting at all. I didn't think that this was something on the Flames' radar, but, uh, you know, pretty good steal. You know, he, he definitely is making a little bit of bank compared to what he was before, but this is a guy who just came off, you know, two Stanley Cups. Um, I think he has a lot to offer. I think he's going to play... I think he can play well with multiple people. So um, definitely a great second liner for the Flames. Um, his attitude seems super great, so I'm really excited for that. Um, we won't get to see him uh, in the first game on Saturday um, because he was suspended for one preseason game, one regular season game. Um, we won't get too much into that, but um, kind of like he was saying, I think it was today, he had a couple quotes where he said, you know, he's sad that he's not playing the first game, but come Monday, I believe it is, he's like, he's like, I'm going to be ready to go, ready to go. Um, so I love the attitude and um, yeah, that's definitely noteworthy. So I had enough of you to talk about your thoughts on the Blake Coleman edition, but also uh, Darth Vader as well. All right. So Blake <laughs> Coleman. Um... I've been a big fan of him for a bit now. Um, he just seems to be my kind of guy. Um, he works hard. He gets things done. Uh, let's see. He's 5'11", so not a huge guy. Um, but he kind of plays like it. I think it's that uh, everything's bigger in Texas attitude that he's got going on, uh, which fits very well in Calgary. Yeah. Another uh, Another American. Yeah, another American. We're stacking up the Americans and the Swedes. Swedes. It is what it is. <laughs> um, 301 games played, 71 goals, 55 assists for 126 points. So that's pretty good. I'm happy with that. The price tag is a little much. Uh, 4.9 million AAV, six years. Um. Brad had to do what he had to do, I guess, to secure yeah. that, get somebody that's been there, done that super recently. Um, I think that's and, something and that the Flames were kind of missing. Yeah, that's a good point for he, sure. He's a good good depth piece that just like, you know, he made he made Kachok look really good when they were playing together. I think that could be a potential uh, matchup throughout the season. Um, he He's just one of those players that he can kind of fit in anywhere on your in your lineup because he's just so uh, dynamic. He fits, he fits with anybody. I think you can put him on the first line. You can put him on the second line. You can put him on the third line. He probably won't bitch about it. Like James Neal did. He can go anywhere. I wouldn't put him on the fourth line because he's making $4.9 million, but he could go there if he wanted to, he would fit yeah, in. And he would be good, I wouldn't but put it past the flames. I wouldn't put it past the flames at all. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I like it. Could be better with a better price, but it is what it is. It's the NHL. Um, players are kind of picking and choosing their price tag right now, and it's working for them. And I'm never going to be mad about a guy securing the bag, right? That's that's their business, and, and we're just fans. They can go out and get as much money as they want. Shout out Brady Kachuk. Shout out Brady Kachuk. You done it, my <laughs> boy. You done it. So yeah, that's that's my thoughts on Blake Coleman. 
happy to have him here. He seems to be happy to be here. Uh, that's that's one of the things I like about signings is that typically they signed with you because they wanted to be with you. So, especially hey, a guy from like a, a Stanley Cup winning team too, right? Like, yeah, to to leave a team that just went back to back for Stanley Cups to come here, there's obviously something there that that he trusts in and and wants to see. So, I like it. Dan Vladar, that's where I'm going next. All right, goalie guru time. Jacob Markstrom looks phenomenal so far from what we've seen in the preseason. He's ready to go. Uh, I think he can win a Vesna this year. I hope I didn't just fucking throw him under a bus and the season's gone, but I think he can win the Vesna this year. What is that? Oh, geez. For those of you that are just listening, Nathan held up a little sticky note for me. I ain't about it. Um, <laughs> but yes, so I think the amount of games that he's going to be able to play is going to be probably 60 around there. And then Dan Vladar, he has to take the rest because as good as Wolf has been looking, I don't know if he's ready to take on a big role in the NHL like that, but Vladar is kind of there. He could probably play 20-plus games and be okay. Are we going to have to play a little stronger defensively those nights? Yes. Um, He's still young, uh, new to the league. He didn't play a whole lot in Boston because, I mean, look at their goaltending tandem that they've had. Um, but, you know, he's a big guy. He's a like he's an inch shorter than Markstrom, weighs a little less, but they're like, they're right there. They're almost the same size. They're, they're solid. I think we have a great tandem. It's kind of going back to the old style. The league has kind of been obsessed with this 1A, 1B situation in net, and it kind of creates confusion, right? Um, It it leads to goalies being taken out of the net when they're rolling and they're hot, and it just kind of, it's been a mess, but at the same time, it has worked in some places. It didn't quite work for Calgary. We saw that with Riddick and Talbot. There was like, it just kind of went back and forth, and it was hard to know who was going to play each night, and then Cam Talbot gets the net for the playoffs. Same thing the year before with Smith and Riddick. We never gave Riddick the chance in the playoffs when really he was our starting goaltender both of those years throughout the regular season. So I think it's nice to have that definitive. Jacob Markstrom is is your starting goaltender. Dan Vladar is your backup. And we just roll with it that way. You know to come prepared when your backup's in. When Markstrom's in, you can play a little bit more relaxed, um, take a deep breath, make the right plays. Um, Dan Vladar's in. Things are a little tighter in our back end. And uh, we just go from there, right? So I think it's very, very good pickup. I was impressed with him in Boston. Mm-hmm. As soon as we signed him, I was excited. So those those two for me are the big, actual big signings that happened over the offseason. 
I think uh, to go along with what you're saying about Markstrom, I think that's just a super dedicated guy who pushes himself like to the limits, right? Like he works hard. Um, It kind of gives me in a way a sense of peace because I know that for so long the flame struggled with goaltending and when a goaltender was hot, it was still like, how long is he going to be hot for? There was no, no consistency basically for the past decade. So Markstrom is the first time where I feel confident in a goaltender and I feel less confident in other areas of the team. But in terms of goaltending, I'm feeling fairly good because, you know, Markstrom had a fairly good time in, uh, in um, the preseason and same with Vladar, right? Like um, that's awesome. And even Dustin Wolf, the, the chances that he got, like you said, probably not completely NHL ready like Vladar is. Um, but super cool to watch and see him him play in a little bit of action. Um, yeah, you're right. You could tell he's not right there. He's not inc- he's not like ready this moment. But uh, it still got me pretty hyped up, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. So um, you know, I don't think you can go wrong with uh, with that trio is kind of your top top three in the system. Um, but yeah, I think Markstrom is slated to have a great season. I think, um, maybe in a way, I know he hasn't played as much games probably in a season as he will this year, but I think he's going to rise to the challenge. What, what are your thoughts on that? I know you touched on it a little bit, but I think, yeah, I think he's going to rise up to it for sure. Um, just solid all around, honestly, (laughs) like, like you were saying yeah. about our whole goaltending situation, I'm I'm actually so comfortable all the way down from the top with Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar all the way down to the bottom of the list in Stockton. I feel like goaltending's been addressed in the Calgary Flames organization. Right. And uh, for the first time in a long time since they brought in some, some Finnish goalie named Mika Kiprasov or something like that. Who's um, I'd I'd have to check my notes to remember who he is, but uh, but yeah, something like that. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, so I have a couple of things that I want to run through. So just stick with me. I'll I'll have you jump in on a couple of these things before we get into a little bit of a bigger uh, topic. <laughs> Rumor mill. Um. So, uh, I'd like to point out a couple of the the lines that the flames have been rolling with, but I'm going to start it off with a quote from Daryl Sutter here. Um, You know, so on the final preseason game uh, after the game, this is what Daryl Sutter had to say. He said, quote, just some details. I think we've had to use so many different lineups and we have to do it again tonight because we've had guys with minor things that you're keeping uh, out and watching them. And then we've played guys in so many different positions, which I think that has actually been good for our team to do that. Other than that, it's probably it. So, um, you know, we've seen a few different line combinations in the in, in the final preseason game. Like we mentioned earlier, Flames didn't have Blake Coleman. That kind of switches things up a little bit. They have a couple guys with some minor injuries. I don't think there's anything uh, too serious or anything crazy serious um but they're likely probably not going to be uh in the in the, in the lineup on saturday uh, some of the lines and practices have been a little bit jumbled 
Um, but one line who has impressed me in the preseason when they've gotten together is Goudreau, Lindholm, and Kachak. Um, so maybe if I could get a little bit of your thoughts on what potential that lineup has and what that means for, you know, a potential second line, which can look like, you know, Coleman, Monaghan, and, and Mangiapani. So what are your kind of your thoughts on that kind of looking like the top six and um, maybe breaking up Monaghan and control? What are your thoughts on that? And just maybe the chemistry that we've seen from Kachuk and Kudrow, who are two guys who really need to have uh, a strong, uh, I don't want to say bounce back for Kudrow, but in a sense, uh, just a really strong uh, season for the both of them. I think I think that first line possibility is super strong. Um, it's it's the combination of Kudrow and Kachuk that really makes it happen for me. They complement each other so well because Kachuk is good at scoring from in tight. Um, almost the way that Monaghan used to be, but he has a little more grit sandpaper to him. He he really does fight to get into the, those areas more. Um, and and Gaudreau's just good at getting the puck in deep. He knows how to carry the puck. Uh, he can make some really incredibly clean passes to the front of the net through traffic. So I think that's been complementing each other super well. And I think it could throughout the whole season. And, um, and, uh, and sorry to interrupt, but, uh, and how, how important do you think it would be to have a little bit of line stability? I kind of put in the notes, like Lindholm has bounced around from wing to center for the past few years. Has played with a combination of different people. Um, what is it like for if if that Gaudreau Lindholm Kachuk line if that's the top line opening night? How important it, is it to give though that line some time to to really start to gel together in the regular season? Um, how important is it to keep lines consistent? Because as we know, coaching has changed and things have been kind of like all over the map for these guys. Yeah, I think it's super important, um, especially having Sutter in from the start of camp this year. He can set up everything the way he wants. And it, it really is um, it really is important to have those roles set out. That's something I preach hockey-wise, is everyone has a role to play on a team. And if you're not sure what your role is, then you're lost and you're wasting everyone's time. So I think having some good set lines that we stick with until you absolutely can't anymore. That is good for everybody. Everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone has a job and you just go out and focus on your task and you can do everything properly. Then Um, it's just something that I've always thought about in hockey is that if you don't know what your role is, you're lost out there and just skating around like I did and fucking Tim Bits hockey, right? <laughs> I I didn't know what I was doing. I just skated around, diddly daddling, and then I figured out, oh, I want to be a goaltender, went in the net, and I started to get better because I knew what I was doing. There was my one specific role, and I stuck with it. And I saw that with a lot of players I played with growing up. Once they found out who they were as a player, they grew from it. Um, and that's something that 
even at the NHL level is super important. You need to know who you are. You need to know how you're being utilized on a team and who you're doing it with to be successful. So I hope we get some, some good solid lines this year and, and not get on thrown in a blender every five minutes. Like when Jeff Ward was the head coach. So that's something I'm definitely looking forward to this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll run through a couple of things if you don't want to have it too long, but, uh, Couple of the names that the, that the Flames assigned to Stockton: uh, Byron Fraze, Walker Dewar, Justin Kirkland, Connor Mackey, and Adam Warner. Um, this is kind of a group of people that um, uh, Daryl Sutter has said that he expects to see them kind of in the lineup at some point in this season, uh, especially depending on injuries and just how things go. Um, who who is maybe one or two guys that you're expecting to see? Uh, out of that group uh, in this regular season Walker Dewar as soon as as soon as a forward goes down that guy's getting slotted in right he had a great camp great preseason he played a lot and he played competitive he knows how to compete he's got he's got a really good hockey sense as lame as that sounds Um, he does have a lot of hockey iq there um i think he's he's pretty good uh yeah pretty good uh addition to the flames whenever he does get tossed in well, there. especially for a guy like he's 6'2 210 pounds but you know he, hockey. he uh he doesn't have a lot of like real pro experience he he played uh five games with stockton last year and that was that was it and right before that he just played for uh Minnesota State uh, State University. So um, for a few years. So yeah, you know, it's actually quite impressive that he is at where he is. Um, you know, not really playing uh, playing a certain level of hockey before. So that's that's quite impressive to to note as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I definitely think that he's been great and he's gonna do so well in the ahl he's gonna fit that system super well he's gonna develop a lot there's there's a lot coming from that kid for sure um honestly a lot of them that list that you just gave off they were all super impressive but uh but yeah walker doer he really did it for me um I was honestly sad to see that he was being put down to Stockton, but at the same time, it's it's the right thing. He's at that point where he played five games with them last year, and he does need to spend some time in the AHL before he gets to the NHL. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he's he's pretty impressive, and I'd, I'm excited to see more from him in the near future. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, just the last thing I really wanted to say about preseason before we get to a couple of our our ending stuff here. Um, You know, I think it's important to know that the Flames record in the preseason wasn't the most beautiful thing. But I think it's noteworthy to say that this team progressed as the preseason went on, right? When you think about that first roster for the first preseason game, a lot of young guys, same with the other teams a lot of that that kind of games is really up in the air. Um, Daryl Sutter has also said that, you know, they played eight games in 13 days, and 
he said that that was also really tough to to maximize different players' skill sets and just a lot of traveling. And so he kind of described it as a real disjointed camp. So that has a lot to do with things too. You can't really take, for me, I look at preseason as you can't take it as a reflection for the season. It's trying to just like get out the jitters, right, for a season. So you kind of really want to get a lot of the gunk out of the way. And I think we mentioned with Zadarov and, and Good Branson, definitely a lot more worrisome at the beginning of preseason and little less so kind of near the end. Um, and that's kind of what you want to see, I think, in a preseason, right? And Daryl Sutter has said multiple times that so many people are like, oh, this looks like a real, you know, mid-season, uh, regular season game. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, that's, that's, I'm not about that, you know? Like, he's like, you know, this team is going to get better with time. But he, you know, his mindset is that as soon as puck drop uh, drops on Saturday, this season is, is getting going. And he didn't really put a lot of weight into the preseason. I think that's kind of how you need to tackle it. Um, so I'm not sure if the preseason was entirely super reflective of the season we're going to see. Um, this one's going to be an interesting one, I think, because um, the Flames are either going to be really bad or they're going to be pretty good, right? Like, there's um, there's a lot to think about. Um, I know there's not a lot of weight in this, but it just had me thinking. Um, I saw some of the power rankings for the EA Sports for NHL 21. And, you know, when you, you can't put a lot of weight in it, like I said. And like I said, it just got me thinking. But, you know, they've got Markstrom at the seventh best goalie in the league. Um, Kachuk and Gaudreau are, are in the top uh, top wingers in there. And then the Flames are the only team with uh, Zadorov and Lucic as, you know, two of the strongest players in the NHL. So. When you look at that, you kind of think, you know what, this team does have a lot of positives, right? They do have benefits, right? We do have Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk, uh, Monaghan's due for a bounce back season. we got a pretty young decor that's kind of being headed up by a more veteran Tanev. Um, but we do have Zadorov, and who you said earlier, he can be shaped well. Hannafin is due for a career high season if he rolls off what happened last year. Anderson's due for a good season. Balamaki can only get better. Um, that's just the defense, right? Mangiapane is due for a career high season. That guy is only getting better every year. Um, you know, Dubé is due to have a good season. There's a couple like returning players like Michael Backlund, who's probably just going to be good because he's always good, right? Lucic seems like a guy who's having a really good attitude coming into the season. Um, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, Blake Coleman, huge addition. Um, there is things happening, right? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm really off the cuff to say that I don't think all hope is lost at this moment. Yeah, I'm not going to say that we're going on a run, yeah. but that roster in 2004 wasn't that great. They had a good yeah. goalie, a few good forwards, and they made it work, right? And that was under Daryl Sutter. I think if he can actually play the real Daryl Sutter hockey mold, then we'll be okay. Because we've joked about it a lot over this last little bit since he got hired 
everyone says, oh, Daryl Sutter hockey, like it's like he's some dinosaur. But he's recently won two Stanley Cups. He knows what he's doing. And I think he now has the full reins on this team and he can do it properly. And we saw it in the preseason. I wrote down on this piece of paper that I have in front of me, the real Sutter hockey, because I saw it in the preseason. We took care of our own zone. Huge too. We exactly. We took care of our own zone. We had puck possession in the offensive zone. We were winning games three to two. That's how you play Daryl Sutter hockey. You keep it tight, keep it conservative. Don't give an inch and try to take a mile when you can. But if you can't, just keep doing the right things. Pay attention to those little details and just play simple hockey until it pays off for you. You're not going to blow teams. There's a high contrast between the the Alberta teams right now. Mm -hmm. The Oilers want to win games like seven to five. Oh, if you score five goals on us, we're going to outscore you. No, we're going to win games in Calgary three to two, two to one. We're going to outwork you. You're going to have to struggle your fucking ass off to get a goal. And then as soon as you do, it's too late in the game and we already got two on you and we've held that lead. It's just how it is. Um, Run and gun, conservative hockey. There's a big contrast going on in Alberta, and I think it's going to make for a great Battle of Alberta games for sure. But I like where we sit. I think this team can do it. It's going to take a lot of discipline. Um, But we got the right guy manning the ship right now, um, and he's here for a bit. So I think if you just let Daryl Sutter do his thing, he'll get everybody on board, and we will be successful in a way. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. I think another piece of that that you also can touch on, because this is kind of your thought process too, but a lot of people share concern that they think, oh, like a player like Johnny Goudreau and stuff can't really excel under someone like Daryl Sutter, but that's not not the case, right? Daryl Sutter still lets stars be who they are and work to their skills and strengths, right? Like a lot of people think it won't be high scoring. Well, you know, He's not preventing anyone like Johnny Hedrow from from doing their thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If the lane is there, take it, right? Yeah. The way he sets it up is that everything's taken care of so that his stars can be stars. They don't have to worry about all this other stuff because there's hardworking, gritty players doing it for them. They just got to get the puck to them and then let the stars do their thing. It's... It's not like it's not like he's saying, oh, you can't let Johnny Gaudreau carry the puck into the zone and, and score by himself because that's not how I play. No, he, if that happens, that's fantastic. It's all about making sure you can get the puck to that point and, and open the lanes for him. So And, and Gaudreau looks super comfortable under Daryl Sutter. I love the way he's been playing. Yeah, definitely. It's it's shades of that ninety nine uh, point season he had. I think he could hit a hundred this year if you get him on the right pairing. If if he's playing with Kachuk the way he did in the preseason, I don't see why not. 
Those probably going to get over. He's probably going to get over 100 points for the first time in his career. So, yeah, um, pretty excited to to see what he does here. And there's a lot of good stuff going on this season that that there is to look forward to. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I wanted to head was just like, yeah, that you know, I think there has been a lot of negativity surrounding this season. There, there are a lot of unknowns. There's things that, um, you know, might not be to where we exactly want them to be but um that doesn't mean that they can be bad and I think like you you pointed out 2004 that wasn't a team I don't think that anyone expected uh to do what they did um so you never know um you know I don't I think you were right in saying I don't expect this team to go on a run but there are people out there a couple of the hockey experts that say yeah the Flames are going to make the playoffs this year and um a couple of the players might even find some personal success i think was it friedman that said uh markstrom might kind of be a a little bit of an underdog for the vesna um these are the type of things that might sound like a little bit of the of a reach but maybe a couple weeks into the season we might be like holy shit that actually you know (laughs) that might actually be true right that's the thing when you're heading into a season um there's a lot of potential a lot of possibilities there um the Flames are getting a little bit of a late start into the regular season. Uh, there's uh, still still a lot going on. Um, you know, this is a little bit of a longer episode because, like we said off the hop, there's so so much, so much to talk about. Um, I think you kind of know where I'm headed, but there is a little bit of an interesting conversation. We talked about the lineup, um, the top line, how solid they've looked how things might not be as bad off the hop as uh, some of us think there is. But there is a certain something that could still potentially happen, which could completely shake up the makeup of this team. Um, I'm not sure if you wanted to take it away and introduce this topic. (laughs) Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it just purely for the my mental health. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, uh, I think, I think it's better if, if you just take it from here. <laughs> All right. So this story takes us to Buffalo because Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel is still on the table. He has not been taken yet. <laughs> Oh, what a what a summer for that guy! I bet, hey, everybody in the I, league. I love how he's, him. I love how he's gotten a little more bold with the Twitter use and that sort of thing. It's been quite the saga this summer. He, he's just crying out for help. Um, the whole Robin Leonard on Twitter thing, calling out the NHL and the Sabers for the way they're managing this. Which I believe it's, Jack Eichel liked uh, oh. one of uh, Leonard's tweets as well. <laughs> yeah, I bet he did. Um, <laughs> it's It's been quite the going on. And lately, the Flames have been listed back in the mix. And it is driving me crazy because mm. I just want it to happen. Um, so Pierre Lebrun says that the Flames and the Ducks are the last two teams in on it. Um, Chris Johnson, also of TSN, had said that 
the Flames are keeping tabs on the situation. So those are the two main um, things lately on the Eichel front. Um, and then we decided that, hey, we should put out a poll and see what Flames fans think. Is this something we really want? So I wrote, quote, the talks of Eichel to Calgary have been picked up again following Pierre Lebrun listing the Flames and Ducks last two still in the race for him. Are you still on in on Jack Eichel, Flames fans? 919 of you guys voted. 73.8% says, give me Jack. While only 26.2 says they're over it. Brad Living, if you're listening by some miracle that you listen to our podcast, listen to the people. We want Jack Eichel. Get him the fuck out of Buffalo. Yeah. Save this man. Not even, not even to play for our team. Just get him out of there so we can get surgery. And we don't want to what we don't want to lose the ducks again. Like, don't yeah, don't give the ducks another thing over the Calgary Flames. I'm oh. sick of it. Oh, it's yeah. So I I don't know what would be going the other way. I'm almost fine with anything. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things to conversation. You know, for me, Jack Eichel is, you know, probably my favorite non-Flames player in the league, even before there was any any of this, even really before there was a potential for him to be traded. But where where I'm sitting um, is there's a couple things. One, the Flames have not really gone in hard on anything in a long time. I think one of the best additions that the Flames made in the last little while was getting Jacob Markstrom as their goalie and signing him um, to his contract. That was probably one of the more ballsier moves that they've made. Um, I think it's time. Like I think Treliving's career is probably nearing the end. I feel like it's kind of a situation where it's like, what do you have to lose? Um, if the Flames do make this deal, for me, it is going to be more of an investment into the future. For this season, it would kind of write this season off, I think, because, you know, if you make a trade, whether that includes Kachuk or whatever some of the perceived trades would be, um, Eichel's not going to be ready to to hop right in and start making an impact, obviously, right? There's a lot to that. So it's more of a investment into next season and into the future and to kind of get that remaining years of that contract that he has um so there is a it is a little bit of a complicated situation in in that but um you know in a lot of ways we don't have super super high expectations for this season so i don't think that we're really uh i don't think the flames would really be hard done by (laughs) um but it is an interesting situation and i think at the very least, whether you agree that the flame should do this or you disagree, at the base level, um, it's been a hectic situation. And I think it's actually crazy that the flames were linked to him at all. Um, but I also think it's crazy that they're still one of the remaining teams that are keeping an eye on this. Um, it's definitely playing with a lot of our emotions and stuff, but 
Um, the Flames have just been so stagnant, right, for so long. Can't get out of the first round. Can't really do much. And, um, you know, it was just a few years ago that they were, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the league. Since then, with especially during the pandemic, things have kind of been all over the place. The Flames just need to do something to become a competitor, shake things up a little bit. Like, why not, right? Um, we got McDavid up the highway, uh, you know, three hours north of here. That's a guy who's, you know, he's going to be up there for quite a long time and be a thorn in our side. So if you could have McDavid versus Eichel, I just think the potential is just astronomical. And I think it would make things a little more fun again. I think the Flames could become a competitor. Um, I think uh, there is a potential by bringing Jack Eichel in. It could mean that a couple more of players like Manji Pony Goudreau um, could definitely want to resign, right? Because there's a lot of potential there. I just think there's there's a lot. There's a lot to this. Um, and I'm sure we could go on and on and on for hours about it. but. Just the fact that this is still going, it's just uh, mind-blowing to me. I, I knew it wasn't going to be as soon as we thought or hoped, but I did not expect that this situation was going to be so long and painful. And the more we're tied to it, the more the more painful it is. So, Yeah, me and you personally, I know we've been talking about Jack Eichel to Calgary for like two plus years now. So, yeah. It hurts that it hasn't happened yet and that it might not happen. And I've had hope for this long. Um, the marketing alone for the Flames and Sportsnet as Jack versus Mac in the Battle of Alberta is incredible. Um, you know, drafted one and two in the same year, and Jack Eichel would have been first overall easily in any other year, except for the generational talent of Connor McDavid had to go before him. So I think pushing that narrative uh, would be incredible in Alberta. But yeah, it, like you said, it's a big gamble because no one in the NHL has ever gotten the surgery that he wants to get. But I trust him. I trust the doctors. Um, they seem to have a good plan in place. I think it could be successful. And yeah, we're probably going to be dog shit for a season while we wait for him to recover. But as soon as he's back, we're we're a top team in the league and, and hard to play against. So that's kind of my two cents on it. And and yeah, I can't go too much longer because we've been me and you talk about it pretty much every day. So yeah, pretty pretty I spent think... on the topic and and kind of just need to <laughs> wait and see what happens with it. Yeah, I think obviously we're gonna keep everyone updated as you know whatever happens with the Flames get them or not get them, whatever happens, whatever transpires, we're gonna be hopping right on there and we'll probably even probably put out a mini episode discussing the whole thing once we have more details, right? Like, even if he goes to another team, I'm sure we might find out from some insiders of what a perceived Flames deal could have been, because I'm sure something has been put together. Who knows? There's a lot. So, yeah, like you said, we could talk it to death. 
if he comes to the Flames, though, you can all expect a, a live party from <laughs> us celebrating the fact that we did it and we pulled the trigger on something this big and and we're both going to be getting jerseys. It's going to be a whole thing. This is going to be a Jack Eichel podcast if he comes to Calgary. So yeah. just, just fair warning. <laughs> um, so that's probably a, a good note to, to end things on. I think um, you, you mentioned earlier that you kind of wanted to talk about a little bit of a spiel um, just about – fan energy and just getting right back into the swing of things so i think that's probably a great place to to end off on yeah i really i really do think that it's it's time that the sea of red becomes a prominent thing again um if you can be there for it right this is this is what has made the flames good in the past it's what makes being a flames fan so great is that we're all there together we're all in red, same cause, um, and that was missing last year. I think that was a big thing. A lot of our players seem to feed off of that energy, um, and and we got to make it hard to be in the saddle dome. You're right. Like it's an old barn. Make it old fashioned. Everyone having a great time, celebrating. And, and, you know, really just trying to push our boys uh, onto the next next challenge, right? Um, that's one of the great things about hockey. It brings us all together, and we're finally getting a chance to do that that we, we didn't get to do last year. Um, so, so if you can, please, please, please go out and support the Flames. Um, I've been to a game here in, Calgary, in uh, Edmonton. Um, didn't get a chance to go to the game in Calgary. I had tickets for, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, um, as long as you can get out there, do it because it's great to have it back and it's going to make us that much better. So, um, that's all I kind of got to say about it. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited for this year. And I think, I think having that atmosphere back is going to be pretty incredible. And uh, yeah, that's my bold prediction for the years. Fans are gonna fans are gonna get us in the playoffs, and I think <laughs> think I'm gonna go as far and say that we're gonna get out of the first round this year. We're gonna we're gonna go to at least the second round this year with this team, and I don't think there's too many people saying that. Yeah, definitely. This longer episode, there was a lot of ground to cover. We really appreciate you for tagging along for the ride. And we're so excited for this season. Hockey is back. It seems like it's been such a long, excruciating off season. So super excited to be back. The Flames fans, we've had to wait just a little bit longer than everyone else. Um, but I'm super excited for it. And uh, can't wait to be cheering along with you guys. And uh, thank you again for, for tuning in to episode 39 of The Red Mile. Stay classy, Calgary. <laughs>